back. This is Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 163, on part 95, in which I will recite Bhikkhuni Vibhanga Sangha di Sessa 3. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, very special episode for me. As you might have noticed behind me, I am no longer in New Delhi, but rather South Goa. So things are looking pretty different. Oh. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, so, yeah, uh, the banners on the Tonka will be arriving and hopefully by the next episode. Our special guest today, my OCI, finally arrived. Uh, it says, if you didn't see, an uh, overseas citizen of India card. So we were basically in Delhi that whole time. What was it, like a year and a half? Most of this entire series. Um, trying to get this. And now that we've got it, we have shifted to South Goa. So here we are. Um, but our other guest, now this was the guest that was in place before the snap and between the snaps, remember that phrase, um, I went with, uh, with a couple of friends to Darjeeling and Sikkim and, uh, became a little bit more familiar than I was with, um, this is Long Champa, Long Chen, Long Chen, uh, Long Chenpa, that's his name. His uh, proper name is Long Chen Rabjam Drime Ozer, and uh, he's also known as Long Chenpa, meaning the vast expanse. And he is an important figure in Dzogchen. All right, so let's go to the board. You remember we're uh, we're here reading um, the Tipitaka, which comes from pre-sectarian early Buddhism. And uh, then that gave way later to what we basically know as, as uh, Theravada, what some people call Hinayana, which I don't like very much when they do that. And then uh, that developed into Mahayana with things like the Heart Sutra, the Lotus Sutra, you know, things like that. And then that after a few centuries and with the Tantric movement in India, which isn't, get that dirty image out of your head. Okay, the, 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 the dirty images were there, what Puritans called dirty, you know, or their descendants. Um, but there's a lot more to tant Tantra than that. Um, but that mingled with Mahayana and developed and sort of evolved into Vajrayana. This is Tibetan Vajrayana. This is Japanese Shingon Vajrayana, but uh, focusing on the Tibetan. Now, there are four main types of Tibetan Vajrayana. First, there is the Galupta. I might be getting some of these wrong. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, mostly Ryan or anyone else. Uh, Galupta, right? Uh, that's the yellow hat. That's a hat, by the way. I don't know if you could tell. Um, that's the, the Dalai Lama's uh, order of um, monastic Vajrayana Buddhism in Tibet. And then uh, we also have the Sakya, I believe, is next on the list, I hope. 
Um, and uh, if if I'm getting that backwards and it's jumping around here, that's what's going on there. But if it's if I got it right, I got it right. I hope I got it right. Anyway, um, Sakya is another lineage of uh, monastic uh, Tibetan Buddhism, Vajrayana Buddhism in Tibet. Then there is the Kagyu, which uh, is you know the Karmapa. That's his hat. There are many other types of Kagyu, many other branches of Kagyu, including Drukpa Kagyu, which is the, I think, bigger than, than Karma Kagyu, which is the Karmapa. Um, but anyway, we'll get into all this stuff at a future date. Then, of course, there's Nigma. Now, I have these arranged this way in order of time, basically. So Nigma is the oldest. It literally means old school. So it's old school Tibetan Buddhism, right? So going back to Padmasambhava and Yeshi Tsogyal, pictured here, or pictured, their statues are there. So within the, within Nyingma Tibetan Buddhism, basically from the 8th century until today, but uh, focusing on Longchenpa, um, he was in the 14th century. He was uh, born in 1308 and uh, passed away in 1364. So first half of the 14th century, he basically uh, brought together and uh, assembled texts of Dzogchen up to that point. But Dzogchen was something, oh, by the way, Dzogchen developed out of Nyingma, so hence, yeah, they, that's the Dzogchen symbol. All right, let's, uh, for now, so that came out of Enigma. So see how that works with this whole thing. Um, <clears throat> so he wrote a lot. Uh, he covered, you know, a lot of bases from, uh, actually, I'm just going to recommend this video here. I just finished watching it and it was very nice. It's about an hour and a half. Um, it's an interview with uh, an American man who I think for the past like 20 some odd years has uh, made it his life's work, a study of Dzogchen, as well as uh, Longchenpa in particular. So yeah, it's very, very good uh, interview. Uh, he talks a lot about Longchenpa and Dzogchen. But here on this channel, we are currently uh, reading the Tipitaka because I would like to see how Buddhism gradually unfurled. I want to spend the next 30 or 40 years of my life, God willing, uh, exploring, watching slowly the, the unfolding of the teachings of Lord Buddha into the original Sangha and how that schismed into 14 pieces and then how Mahayana developed around that and then how Vajrayana developed around that before I dive in really to Dzogchen. That's what's happening here on the Buddhist Books Podcast and here in my what I'm doing. So you don't have to do that, uh, but you're welcome to check in on, on my progress every so often. Uh, sometime in the 2040s, we will maybe by then dive into some Dzogchen. But if you would like to dive into it today, um, this is a good book that's been recommended very highly to me by a few different uh, people who loved Dzogchen. It's called The Crystal and the Way of Light, Sutra, Tantra, and Dzogchen. So, uh, yeah, check that out if you want to. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get to today's reading. Oh, by the way, um, 
you notice I snapped and everything changed. There's a video called Between the Snaps. It's part of the Buddhist Books Behind the Scenes series. It's the seventh in the series. Um, and uh, if you want to watch that and then come back and watch the rest of this video, feel free to click through there. Otherwise, at the end screen of this video, the, uh, the video that pops up in the corner is going to be that video. So you can watch it later. You can watch it now. Is that annoying? They're, they're working on the roof. <clears throat> what can you do? All right. Formal meeting. Sangha di Sessa. Three. At one time, the enlightened one, the Lord, <clears throat> was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anatta Pindika's monastery. Now at that time, a nun who was a pupil of Bada Kampilani, having quarreled with nuns, went to a family of, parentheses, her and parentheses, relations in a village. Now, I feel like we read about Bada Kampilani before. So, uh, future Edward, editor Edward, if you don't mind, could you dig up a clip and just kind of remind us who that is? Well, it, it actually looks like this is the first mention of Bada Kampilani, but she's mentioned a lot, and uh, we can file that name away because her name is going to come up again. Even though in most cases the Vinaya Pitaka is listed as the first basket, the first of the Pitaka, it seems like people reading these rules would have also been familiar with the other baskets uh, because she comes up not just in future rules she, she's in i think three at least three of the uh, rules of expiation for nuns which of course we haven't gotten to yet um, but there's stories about her there's stories about her past lives um, she's called the golden goddess nun here's a picture of her that i found on the uh the old internet and uh, so, yeah, in short, um, I don't think that we've mentioned her name yet on Buddhist Books Podcast, but this is the first of many times that we will be hearing her name. Thank you. All right. Bada Kampilani, not seeing that nun, asked the nuns, saying, quote, Where is so-and-so? She is not to be seen. End quote. Quote, lady, she is not to be seen, parentheses, because, end parentheses, she has quarreled with nuns. End quote. So Bada Kampilani is a nun, a teacher. Okay. Hopefully we read about her before, otherwise there's just a confused editor in that cutaway clip. Uh, quote, my dears, a family of her relations are in such and such a village. Having gone there, look for her. End quote. The nuns, having gone there, having seen that nun, spoke thus. Quote, why did you, lady, come alone? We hope that you were not violated? Question mark. End quote. Just for the record, I also hope that she was not violated. Uh, quote, I was not violated, ladies, end quote, she said. Whew. 
Those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can a nun go among villages alone? And, quote, three dots. I mean, these days you have women traveling the world alone. Usually it's fine. Um, but uh, 6th century BC, Bihar, probably need to go with somebody. You know, two or, two or more people. Strength in numbers. Good idea. Just saying. If you happen to be a time traveler. Quote, Is it true? Is it true? As is said, monks, that a nun went among villages alone. That's Lord Buddha talking, by the way. And quote, Quote, it is true, Lord, and quote, the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, how, monks, can a nun go among villages alone? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses pleased, three dots. Let the nuns set forth this rule of training. Whatever nun should go among villages alone, that nun also has fallen into a matter that is an offense at once, entailing a formal meeting of the order involving being sent away. End quote. Very strict, these rules for nuns. And thus this rule of training for nuns came to be laid down by the Lord. At that time, two nuns were going along the high road, you take the never mind, from Saket to Sabati. On the way, there was a river to be crossed. Then these nuns, having approached a boatman, spoke thus, quote, Please, sir, take us across, end quote, saying, quote, I am not able, ladies, to take both across at once, end quote. He made one cross alone with him. One who was across seduced the other who was across. That probably makes sense, just not to me. One who was not across seduced the one who was not across. What, the two boatmen? Two, two nuns on the way. These nuns having approached a boatman. Hmm. All right. Maybe it makes sense in the original Polly. These, having met afterwards, asked parentheses one another and parentheses, quote, I hope that you, lady, were not violated, end quote. Quote, I was violated, lady. But were you violated, lady? End quote. Quote, I was violated, lady. End quote. These nuns, having arrived at Savati, told this matter to the nuns. Those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can a nun go to the other side of a river alone? End quote. Then these nuns told this matter to the monks. The monks told this matter to the Lord. He said, quote, Is it true as is said, monks? That a nun went to the other side of the river alone, end quote. Quote, it is true, Lord, end quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, How monks can a nun go to the other side of a river alone? 
It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses pleased. Three dots. Let the nuns set forth this rule of training. Whatever nuns should go among villages alone, or should go to the other side of a river alone, that nun also has fallen into a matter that is an offense at once, entailing a formal meeting of the order, involving being sent away. End quote. And thus this rule of training for nuns came to be laid down by the Lord. At that time, several nuns going to Savati through the country of Kosala arrived in the evening at a certain village. A certain nun there was beautiful, good to look upon, charming. Uh-oh. A certain man came... Uh-oh, wasn't in the text I... That was editorialized. A, uh, <clears throat> a certain man came to be in love with that nun on account of her appearance. Then that man, appointing a sleeping place for those nuns, appointed a sleeping place at one side for this nun. Then this nun, having realized, quote, this man is obsessed, and Oh, no, that's not an end quote. That is a footnote, little one. It says, Vin IV 94. If you were curious, which you weren't. If I come at night, C-O-M-E, just like arrive, nothing weird. If I come at night, there will be trouble for me. End quote. Not asking the nuns, parentheses, for permission, and parentheses, having gone to a certain family, lay down in the sleeping place. Then that man, having come during the night, uh, searching for that nun, knocked against the nuns. The nuns, not seeing this nun, spoke thus, quote, Doubtless this nun has gone out together with the man. End quote. Then this nun, at the end of that night, approached these nuns. The nuns spoke thus to that nun, quote, Why did you, lady, go out together with the man? End quote. Saying, quote, Ladies, I did not go out together with the man. End quote. She told this matter to the nuns. Those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, okay, just before I go on, what do you think is the rule being broken? All right, let's see. Quote, how can a nun be away for a night alone? End quote. No, okay, all right. That's what it is. I thought it was nuns falsely accusing, randomly accusing a nun. Never mind. Three dots. Quote, is it true, as is said, monks, that a nun was away for a night alone, trying to keep herself from being violated? Yeah, yeah, it's true, Lord. What do you want from these women? You get thrown out for being violated, thrown out for putting yourself in a position where you might be violated and thrown out for trying to avoid a situation where you might be violated because you didn't ask for permission. It's hard to be a nun in 6th century BC uh, Buddhism. <clears throat> Let the nuns set forth this rule of training. Whatever nuns should go among villages alone or should go to the other side of a river alone 
or should be away for a night alone, that nun has fallen into a matter that is an offense at once entailing a formal meeting of the order involving being sent away. End quote. But apparently you're still a nun. So a formal meeting where you're sent away, not the same as being defeated. You're just sent away. To where? Maybe they'll explain. Somehow I doubt it. And thus this rule of training for nuns came to be laid down by the Lord. At that time, several nuns were going among the high road to Savati through the country of Kosala. A certain nun there wanted to relieve herself. Having stayed behind alone, went on afterwards. Let me guess, she gets thrown out. Sorry. Um, people, having seen that nun, seduced her. All right. Then that nun approached those nuns. The nuns spoke thus to that man, quote, Why did you ladies stay behind alone? We hope that you were not violated, end quote. Quote, I was violated, ladies, end quote. So I'm just a sidebar. Isn't it a little odd that they use the word seduce and violated in the same, like, is there or is there not a difference between seduction and, uh, you know, um, sexual assault? Right? Uh, well, anyway, maybe in ancient Pali, there wasn't. Or maybe uh, this is a translation issue, and we'll find out in the appendix what it really said. Uh, probably not. All right. Well, we know what was happening, right? <sighs> okay, yes. Uh, those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, how can a nun stay behind a group alone, end quote, three dots. So you have to say, hey, wait here. I have to pee. Don't just go, I'm going to go sneak off and pee and then catch up. Or you get kicked out, but not defeated. You're still a nun, but you're sent away to somewhere. I'm assuming is what it's about to say. Okay, quote, is it true, as is said, monks, that a nun stayed behind a group alone? End quote. Quote, it is true, Lord, end quote, the enlightened. The Lord rebuked them, saying, quote, How, monks, can a nun stay behind a group alone? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who were not yet, in parentheses, pleased, three dots. Let the nuns set forth this rule of training. Whatever nun should go among villages alone, or should go to the other side of a river alone, or should be away for a night alone, or should stay behind a group alone, that nun also has fallen into a matter that is an offense at once, entailing a formal meeting of the order involving being sent away. End quote. Whatever means... Next time we'll do the flashback. None means, next time we'll do the flashback, should go among villages alone means. In making the first foot cross the enclosure of a village that is fenced in, there is a grave offense. In making the second foot cross, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. 
in making the first foot cross the precincts of a village that is not fenced in, there is a grave offense. In making the second foot cross, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Or should go to the other side of a river alone means, having covered up three circles, it is called a river there wherever. Wow, that's like a koan. Huh. <laughs> Let me read that again. <clears throat> having covered up the three circles, it is called a river there wherever. I love it. Okay. As a nun is crossing over, the inner robe is made wet from the river. Uh, in making the first foot cross over, there is a grave offense. In making the second foot cross over, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Or should be away for a night alone means at sunrise, if leaving a hand's reach of a nun who is a companion. What? At sunrise, if leaving a hand's reach of a nun who is a companion, there is a grave offense. When she has left it, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. I think that made sense, right? Or should stay behind a group alone means. If she, in what is not a village, in what is jungle, is leaving the range of sight or the range of hearing of a nun who is a companion. Okay, okay, yeah, it makes sense. There is a grave offense. When she has left it, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. She also means she is so called in reference to the former. Offense at once means three dots. Therefore, again, it is called an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. There is no offense if the nun who is the companion has gone away or has left the order or has passed away or has gone over to parentheses another and parentheses side. Hmm. Uh, if there are accidents, if she is mad, if she is the first wrongdoer. All right, that's it. That's formal meeting three for nuns. There is a footnote uh, on if, if her companion has gone over to another side. The footnote uh, points out that Buddha Gosa explains this passage as such, which we will get into when we read Buddha Gosa. Now, Buddha Gosa would uh, be considered not pre-sectarian early Buddhism, but Theravada. Now, of course, Theravada uh, continues to exist today. And uh, Mahayana developed after Theravada, but Buddha Gosa um, 
and his commentaries were written after Mahayana began to develop. So we're going to finish all the pre-sectarian early Buddhism as well as the Abhidhamma, which, and you know, there were starting to be some splits by then, from what I understand, or at least there's some discrepancies between uh, who considers what book part of Abhidhamma um, Pitaka, right? Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're going to read all of Tipitaka, then we're going to read a bunch of the early Mahayana, and then we'll read Buddhaghosa. Buddhaghosa is here. Um, there's also a bunch of other 6th century common era um, Theravadan uh, scholar monks who make commentary on the Tipitaka. So their commentary has greatly affected Theravada, mostly. Um, and, you know, kind of the understanding that everybody on this side has of the teachings of pre-sectarian early Buddhism. But, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, I want to watch the unfolding. So first we're going to read it and go, huh, gone over to another side. I wonder what they mean by that. And then in like... I don't know, eight years when we finally finish the Tipitaka and read the early Mahayana Sutras, then we'll be surprised and read Buddhaghosa and go, oh, this is Buddhaghosa's interpretation of, uh, of when the nun's companion goes over to another side. Then she's exempt from the rule. All right, did you have a good time? That's really what it's all about. Don't forget to meditate. That's what the Zafu Zabutan here is for. Um, you don't necessarily need a Zafu Zabutan. The hardcore yogis are like, you should just be able to do it on a rock, you know. But I, I prefer to have a Zafu and Zabutan, a cushion of some kind. It helps to meditate. And uh, blessings to you from my house to yours. And uh, I hope you enjoy the new setup. And again, hopefully some more things are going to be filled in before the next episode. And uh, special thanks to Long Chempa for being our guest today. And again, um, there we visited, Ryan Sanath and I visited several temples in Darjeeling and Sikkim. And also you get to see kind of the whole transition from the snap that, you know, where I was in the old room in Delhi to the snap here in this room. Everything that happened between the snaps is in the video called Between the Snaps. That video will appear in this corner of the screen as the end credits are rolling. But before we get to those end credits, I will go ahead and close this episode in the usual manner with the prayer that my father and I used to perform at the end of our daily meditations. Daily meditations, which the more I learn about uh, Dzogchen, the more I realize uh, some of those practices may have been rooted in Dzogchen, and I just didn't, didn't know it until recently. So, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Oh.
Until next time.